Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Jobs of the future might sound like flying cars or AI servers, but in our climate-conscious world, it's just as likely to be solar installation, building out the electric grid and retrofitting buildings, and making sure that people from under-resourced communities are part of that workforce transition is a key equity goal. As part of Illinois' Climate and Equitable Jobs Act, Governor Pritzker has put $34 million towards building more than a dozen clean jobs workforce hubs across the state, ensuring that training for these jobs is accessible. So here to tell us more is Danny Robles, the Director of Climate Policy at the Illinois Environmental Council. Welcome back. Thank you. Good to be back here with you, Sasha. Also here, WBEZ Reset's sustainability contributor, Karen Weigert. I'm going to keep her for myself here. Uh, she leads Loyola University Chicago's Baumart Center for Social Enterprise and Responsibility. Hey, Karen. Hey, Sasha. <laughs> uh, so let's start with the big picture, Karen. What are we working towards in, in terms of a so-called clean workforce? What are we building? We're building the economy that works for all of us on the planet in Illinois and beyond. But what that really means is we're building both the organizations and the people who can work there that will make our buildings more efficient, that can help install renewables across the state, that can facilitate the transition to electric vehicles, and do that in a way where the jobs are here and the jobs are everywhere, in particular in places that haven't always had access. So with that in mind, Daniel, I mean, what kind of opportunities do you see when you think about What's next for our economy? Yeah, um, there, there's there's a lot uh, ahead for us. You know, you kind of named the jobs that are important in in the future. You know, solar installation is going to be a huge one to make sure that we are meeting our renewable goal. Because the Climate Act, Jobs Act, wasn't just a jobs component; it was also making sure that we are phasing out um, fossil fuel mm-hmm. um, as a energy contributor by 2050. Um, and you know, I, I think. Something to underlay here, it's it is thirty four million dollars for the workforce hubs, but it's eighty two million dollars overall for contractor and additional workforce hubs per year. So for the next ten years, we're gonna have a lot of opportunity to bring the resources to create those jobs that are gonna help us move our society towards those renewable energy goals. Um and also thinking ahead that, you know, there's a lot of uh, work that needs to be done to retrofit buildings to be energy efficient to match with the renewable energy component yeah. and making sure that you know we're installing um, the solar panels throughout either our cities or solar farms, wind farms throughout the state to make sure that we're meeting those renewable energy goals. And how big, Karen, could, could this workforce get? Well, I guess one way to, to think about that question is how big is the clean workforce in Illinois right now? Mm-hmm. And Right now, the the most recent data I've seen, and this is in the Midwest Clean Jobs Report, yeah, we've got 120,000 clean jobs right now across the state, and uh, that's a huge number. That's it's been big. it's been growing yeah. overall since they started doing this report over the last few years, and the biggest component, actually, about 68 percent, is actually in energy efficiency. Um, then you have renewables, and then you have advanced transportation, which is at about 15 percent of that. Did that total. surprise you? You know, it's interesting. I, I, people are usually surprised by that, but when you think about how many buildings there are and all the work to actually ensure that they're being operated efficiently, that you've got the equipment in there that is efficient, there's a huge, huge piece of work in there. But yeah, people are often surprised that it's energy efficiency, really think about buildings. Now, but that's also actually had policy support for mm-hmm. the last 10 years plus. And so there has been a piece that has laid the groundwork in Illinois and in most states at this point 
to ensure that the overall grid structure and the distribution system has a fee structure so that we can ensure that more and more of the buildings are efficient. So yeah, that's the big one. Yeah. Um, so it's 120,000 plus. Huge potential there, yeah. You gotta make sure everybody has access to them. That's the that's the thing. Labor Day, Danny, that's mm-hmm. coming up, right? Just a yeah. couple of couple of days here. Are jobs in the clean energy sector good paying jobs? Um, in the way that we pulled up the bill, we made sure that that was a huge component behind it. Okay. I think that was a lot of the negotiations um, that went into it, making sure that prevailing wage, like a wage that will actually pay um, the bills will Yeah, like a living wage. A living wage beyond living, right? Because there's the living wage that's $15 an hour, and then there's a prevailing wage that is actually supporting families and moving things forward. Right. And, um, you know, we did a lot of negotiating with our labor partners to make sure that, you know, they were bringing in union jobs into the component as well Um, because all these jobs, you know, are hardworking jobs. They're going to take a lot of manual labor, but we want to make sure that people are being supported um, through work uh, with unions, with community organizations that mm-hmm. will be able to help uh, bring um, prosperity for communities. And so I understand. I've heard of green jobs and clean jobs. Same thing? Or is there a difference? I don't I don't see too much of a difference. I, okay, maybe there is. Clean jobs, um, the way that we see it is, you know, jobs that are impacting our uh, renewable energy, um, the work that is like infrastructure based. Green jobs can also be jobs that, you know, work with nature, like being out, planting trees, yeah, true. urban jobs. Those are also green jobs. I think we often think green jobs of anything that don't create carbon emissions. So, you know, a school teacher can also have a green job because there isn't a lot of carbon emission being ah. put out there. Here in Illinois, Karen, CJA, which is the, the Climate Equitable Jobs Act. It was passed in the fall of 2021. We've talked about it plenty of times here, but but give us background uh, for those uh, who uh, are, are newer to the conversation. What does CJA set out to do? So CJA, big picture, sets out to have Illinois in a place where we're 100% carbon free in terms of power by 2045. I think that's kind of a top line. Together, there are milestones. Like if you think about the numbers, by 2030, the goal is to have 40% of our power from renewables. Mm -hmm. And at that same time frame, the goal is to have a million electric vehicles out there. So that's if you think about the big picture energy side. But then this is the Climate and Equitable Jobs Act. So to meet those goals, we have to ensure that we're meeting community goals for jobs, for pathways to prosperity, and to ensure that they're are these pathways that exist in places that haven't always had pathways and where you're reaching communities that are disproportionately disadvantaged by pollution, by toxins, et cetera. So mm-hmm. the goals are clear both on the energy and the decarb piece as well as on the community and the involvement side. Yeah, and and part of CJA is to create workforce hubs and make sure that people who have been disenfranchised get the necessary training, right, right Danny? Um, I want to make sure that it's clear, though, that, you know, if we're not intentional now about this, what happens? If we're not intentional now, you know, we keep replicating the same issue of disparity of social um, economic hardship for communities that have been impacted. And th- this was like a, a long term um, idea that we, we needed to get right. Um, and to do that, you know, we worked very closely with the Illinois Clean Jobs Coalition to set up 50 community listening sessions across the the state um, over a period of uh, two years Mm -hmm. to make sure that we were hearing like, what are the economic hardships? What are the issues that are preventing people from 
accessing the jobs. So as we are bringing in the ideas to the bill, we, yeah. we had the community input. Well, tell us some of those. Like, what are some of the, the barriers to, to this kind of training? Yeah, some of the barriers that we keep hearing back about are, um, you know, transportation costs. You know, people might not be able to get from um, their home to the training facility, or you know, they might have kids that they need support um, watching with. And um, what we were able to introduce in the bill was a barrier reduction program, about $6 million per year for grants to be given to community members um, to be able to access transportation needs or childcare needs or any additional things that you know come up that might be um, preventing them from fully immersing themselves in the program because you know these training programs are multi-hour programs yeah. that take a lot of effort and a lot of intention to be able to complete but upon completion you know a lot of the participants will be part of a larger workforce hub um, that the state is developing out to make sure that you know there's communication between uh, employers and contractors mm -hmm. and identifying who are the people graduating from these programs. Yeah, dig more into those hubs, Karen. And, and, and I know that they're, they're going to be located across the state, right? The locations were intentional. Yeah, absolutely. These these 13 hubs are located, as you said, across the state. And there's a couple actually in Chicago. Okay. But they were specifically focused on environmental justice communities, communities that had had prolonged exposure to toxins and communities that had been historically disinvested as we look at the economy and the different levels of job opportunities. So they're very intentional in places that can now disproportionately hopefully benefit from the growth in clean jobs. And uh, the hubs then, as Danny was mentioning, they're, they're going to be built. And so we're, we're at a timeline where people are going to apply right now by Friday to actually run these hubs. Wow. And these are built to break down all of those barriers. So as Daniel was mentioning, there's support structure for transportation, for childcare, for the kinds of things that get in the way because there's real life uh, before you can actually go to a training program that will hopefully get you a job. But the other thing is there's a core curriculum that's been built in here. And this is a door opener for folks because this is not geared for folks who have had a college degree and a master's. This is an entry-level job training program. Mm -hmm. So this is both intentional about the places where the hubs will be, and it's intentional about the pathway and the support structure so that our, you know, our next conversation about the 120,000-plus jobs will include countless stories of individuals who might have had their first full-time prevailing wage job or their first full-time sustainable job through this program. Yeah. Well, I, I want to... Uh, underscore the fact that you said, you know, folks can start applying very soon. So we're clear, Danny, who can apply and what communities are you making sure uh, will have access to these programs? Yeah, I mean, anyone, anyone who's really interested can apply to these. But um, the big intention for these programs, as Karen was mentioning, are those communities that yeah. are come from EJ community um, or uh, what is known as the Restore, Reinvest, Renew communities. These came from um, the Illinois Cannabis Law that identified communities that were impacted by incarceration or excessive um, violence or divestment from communities. So those are the communities that we're really encouraging um, to go out and apply. Yeah. And specifically, you know, the, the, the program looked at geographic data and, you know, community members from Southeast Chicago, Southwest Chicago, South Chicago, West Chicago are highly encouraged to get out and, and apply for these programs. This has been a long time coming, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's taken a little bit. But, but we wanted to get it right. I think that's that's yeah. the big thing that we wanted to underscore. This is a transformational bill, um, something that, you know, um, it's not only going to help our environment and our climate, but it's also going to put a lot of wealth back to communities that have been so highly divested. And I think that was a big part of the 
um, negotiation here was we cannot leave communities behind anymore. Part of solving climate change is also making sure we're solving the issues that created climate change. And a lot of that is economic disparity. So, Karen, still on this uh, this hub, this fascinating hub conversation here, because I, I want to dig more into these training programs. Right. Um, they aren't up and running yet, as we've we've mentioned. But um, you've you've talked with folks who have gone through similar programs and uh, with companies hiring graduates of these programs. Talk more about the benefits and, and just benefits and challenges, I guess, that stick out to you most. Yeah. When I think about some some individuals who've gone through similar programs, because as, as we said, the application to actually run the hubs is this week. The yeah. hubs will uh, be coming in the in the months, in the near-term months. But They're on the I, way. They're on the way, exactly. Uh, when I think about some of the conversations I've had with people who've been through similar programs, and I'm thinking particularly about some of the programs that have been geared for adults with barriers to employment, uh, the first thing that jumps to mind actually is simply the word hope. You know, this is actually something that can change people's lives. And uh, it's often for folks who have not had a lot of those sorts of opportunities. And the example I'm thinking of is that I've been lucky enough in my prior roles to work with the Green Corps Chicago program. Mm -hmm. So that is a, a program that has been longstanding in the city of Chicago. And the majority of the folks who've gone through that have had some exposure to the criminal justice system. So yeah. very similar to individuals that we're hoping are able to participate in these future hubs. Now, that graduation ceremony is amazing because families are coming together and they are seeing for the first time an economic pathway and a possible career for someone in their family I that can, can be transformational. So I think that's exactly what we're talking about here. Uh, and this is really focused on those clean energy jobs. Mm -hmm. And so it's focused on efficiency in solar and electrification and advanced transportation. So for the individual, it's transformational. For the small company, Similarly, I think hope because you're trying to build a small business that is hard no matter what. And so yeah. the idea you've got to work both sides, you've got to find contracts. So you're trying to get customers. And then when you do, you somehow have to have people who can do the exact roles that you have at your company mm -hmm. that is now growing. So they're on the other side. So it's hope. And then it's a practical pathway for both. I'm glad you brought that up because my thought is, you know, how do people get hired once they go through the programs? And then how do you get the word out that big contractors can hire? from this pool. Yeah, um, the, the program really, well, the law actually goes really deep into that. Um, you know, part, part of the law is the workforce hubs. The other part of it is contract accelerators and contract incubators. So, you know, there's a lot of companies already doing the work right now, um, a lot of small businesses. Yeah. And the, the real idea behind um, the prime contract accelerators is to bring minority-owned business owners to the forefront, mm -hmm. get them trained up on a five-year plan for their business to make sure that they're developing out a model that will be able to scale up to the needs of our future and make sure that they have a business plan that will get them there and get them connected to the people graduating from these programs. So um, our Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity is putting together like a large uh, database of people graduating from these programs, the contractors, um, and working in tangent with um, uh, energy uh, business leaders to make sure that, you know, we're, we're identifying the new um, projects that are going to be necessary to build out the future that we need. Yeah. What's in the Biden administration's um, Inflation Reduction Act to incentivize solar installation for, for businesses and, and residences here? Yeah, the Inflation Reduction Act it was actually signed almost exactly a year ago. Yeah. And uh, one actually big picture number, I was looking at this, the World Economic Forum was looking at the impact, and they said that we've had eight years worth of investment in clean energy in the last year. 
So the scale is extraordinary. Wow. To make it more specific, you asked about solar, and particularly when we think about residences, uh, there's a 30% tax break, essentially. There's a tax credit. And the whole Inflation Reduction Act is structured largely around carrots. So it's around tax breaks. And it's similarly a 10-year piece of legislation. So you're seeing you're seeing tax reduction or tax credit for renewables. You're seeing it for energy efficiency and things like heat pumps that can go in your home. Mm -hmm. And you're also seeing tax credits for electric vehicles, just as three examples of what a resident could participate in. All of that leads back to someone's got to be building those things and offering those services. And so that's also stimulating uh, the jobs and the economy on the side. Well, we're, we're just about out of time, but I don't think we can say this enough, right? Give us, you know, Danny, what's next for these hubs? And again, when can folks apply? Yeah, what's next for these hubs is um, community-based organizations right now are finalizing their application process to make sure that they're standing up these hubs by 2024. So applications will definitely be live 2024. Yeah. People can start applying for them. Um, if people are interested in learning more about that, I definitely encourage them to check out the depth Department of Economic Opportunity website um, to make sure that they're staying up to date with any information. But, you know, we're also working very closely with community-based organizations and um, community leaders to make sure that we're talking about these programs um, every single day to make sure that, you know, the community is aware that these are coming pretty close. Love it. Danny Robles coordinates the Jobs and Economic Justice Committee for the Illinois Clean Jobs Coalition and Reset Sustainability contributor Karen Weiger. Thank you both so much. Thank you. Great to see you.